This is Anish Giri and you are listening to the Full English Breakfast. Hey, if you're just joining us, this is episode number 42 of the Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson with Lawrence Trent and Simon Williams. Hey guys. Hey, good morning. Morning. How, how are you doing today, Loss? You doing okay? I'm up there with, you know, decent. You're doing. You're just doing, are you? I'm, I'm kind of more than doing. You're always a more than kind of doing kind of chap, I think. Thanks, man. Thank you, buddy. On the show today, our guest is Polish Grandmaster Radosław Wojtaszek who's going to tell us about the Shamkir Chess Tournament, also known as the Vugar Gashemov Memorial. But first, we had some news this week. The FIDE Ethics Commission met in Madrid and announced a decision on a case from the 2015 European Individual Women's Championship. Now, Lawrence... Why should we care about the EWICC 2015 here in 2017? Well, we should care about it because that tournament was marred by a very unfortunate incident whereby the Romanian player and good friend of mine, Mihaela Sandu, who I've known for many years, she she used to play in in England a lot, um, was accused of cheating because she, well, she had an outstanding performance and some of the players in that tournament couldn't believe that she could achieve such a great result. She started with five out of five, is that right, Lodz? And she was obviously not right. one of the higher rated players. But I mean, she started amazingly. She started amazingly and, uh, you know, some of the other top players in the tournament couldn't believe it. And they launched this wild cheating allegation against her. She maintain she was innocent. I've known Mihaela for many years and she is just capable of playing excellent chess on her day. So anyway, they launched this cheating accusation and I should say specifically the main culprit of this was again somebody I know and I'm fond of, though I think what she did here was obviously a huge mistake. Uh, that's Natalia Zhukova. Right. So when you say they launched a cheating accusation, they actually filed a letter signed by 15 participants, of which Zhukova was the first. Right. And this letter says in part, we express concern about the situation with Michaela Sandu's performance and would like to ask the organizers not to include her games in the live transmission, basically implying in no uncertain terms that she you know, may have been using computer assistance because that would be the reason or having an accomplice, that would be the reason for, for preventing her games from being transmitted. But this was signed by 15 players so right. uh, and, and submitted to the organizers as a, a kind of a formal petition in the middle of the tournament. Pretty disgusting. That's also key because, of course, then the, the information about this necessarily got to Michaelis Sandu. And you can imagine what kind of psychological pressure that brings to bear when 15 of your peers in the tournament, your co-competitors, are bringing such kind of suspicions. Well, I mean, it destroys your tournament, doesn't it, basically? I mean, it completely ruins everything. It ruins your flow. It ruins just about everything you have going on. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I honestly think this is probably one of the most disgusting things that has uh, happened in in the chess world with players in the last sort of decade of chess. I mean, to me, it just is a case of like uh, bullying yeah. in, in a lot of a lot of examples. I mean, the poor girl. There was absolutely no foundation for this. No. If they actually bothered to look at her games, there was no correlation between her moves and a computer's moves in any of the games. She she wasn't playing computer's moves. It was kind of like these players were throwing their toys out the pram, and it was. They ganged up, and it was just for me like school ground bullying. It was it was absolutely disgusting. 
disgusting, I think. And you really feel so sorry for poor, you know, the poor girl yeah. who was on the receiving end of this. I mean, it must have, you can't play chess after this has occurred, you know, it's impossible. Right. So this is important to stress because, of course, we take cheating allegations and cheating itself very seriously. And we've talked about it many times on the show. So yeah. in general, if there are grounds for suspecting a player, then we think that it would be appropriate to raise them and take some kind of preventative measures. Yeah. But the issue here that leads you, I gather, to to call it disgusting is that they sort of skipped that step be so careful. of having evidence. I don't think it was just that, McCauley. I mean, I think that was obviously one thing that they skipped the evidence part. But also they did it in a very public manner. They, they did it during the course of the tournament. They did it with an open letter, knowing that she'd see the letter. They could have done it behind closed doors if they really believed it. They could have done a bit of research. They didn't have to do it openly in front of the person because obviously that's going to destroy the person. So it wasn't just the foundation that they didn't have any foundation. It was the way they went about doing it, in my case, which is going to destroy the person. And it was just disgusting, I think. It was just a bit nasty and a bit malicious. And, you know, um, so what ended up happening is this letter. So they analysed, the FIDE Ethics Board analysed this letter. And Natalia Zhukova has been given a, a ban for three months, rightly so. Well, except that it was suspended. Uh-huh. That part I thought was interesting, too. She's given a ban, but the sanction, it says, quote, the sanction is wholly suspended for a period of one year on the condition that she's not making any further reckless or unjustified accusations. In other words, she can still play. Nothing happened to her, basically. Nothing at all. I mean, in my opinion, like, again... Well, it's like she's on probation. A suspended sentence. Well, okay, but I mean, basically, she's not going to accuse anyone else of cheating the next year, is she? That's for sure. She makes. She made, she made a mistake. Okay, look, she made a mistake. I think the way it went about was horrible. Everyone makes mistakes, so okay, fair enough. Yeah. But I think generally in future, there needs to be some rules made up when you can choose, you know, accuse people of cheating, how you should go about it. And in my opinion, if people are just going to throw around accusations, and there was stuff like this happened before. I remember Mamajarov accused um, the late Kornasov. Was it Kornasov of cheating? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We v- actually covered that on the Full English Breakfast, one of the, our first there you go. ever episodes. Really, and yeah. that was unfounded. And I think... Yeah. I think the the basic the, the you know if you are going to accuse people of cheating and it proves your accusations are completely unfounded I think you should be pretty much in the same position as that person who if they were caught cheating you should have really stern things thrown at you because it could destroy someone's reputation mm. I think three months suspended is just a, is just a joke I know it's a mistake and I'm sure this won't happen again but it kind of did destroy the reputation of a player and it destroyed a very important tournament and it can have long-term effects for the rest of her career. People are so paranoid now about other people cheating. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been in tournaments with so many accusations going around, like some 2100 will beat a GM and I'll be, you know, in the bar afterwards and half my peers will say, oh, they're clearly cheating, clearly cheating. And again, these... You're in the bar, Simon. Uh, What's uh, that? Uh, only on? occasionally. Only occasionally, Lawrence, you know, after a game. Yeah, that's know, what I thought. Necking yeah, a, necking a cheeky pint. Fair enough. But, um, yeah. I think the paranoia of cheating is just as bad as actual the actual cheating. And it's got to be... There's got to be something to stop this, like, growing, you know, in the future. Yeah, I mean, the one outstanding question for me would be to understand what was in the players' minds who made the accusation. It is at least conceivable that they could have been 
uh, writing this letter to the organizers in good faith, not intending to to uh, make a false accusation that and and just were not careful about it. But that's a harder question because you have to <laughs> you have to try to to you know figure out what was in their minds to and 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 obviously this is something the ethics commission will have had to consider as well because there is a big difference between a deliberate action to harm a competitor that is unfounded and a good faith, however mistaken, concern or suspicion. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I mean, if you if you said it was like in law, for example, and someone accused another person of doing something without any evidence, and that rumor flew around, you know, you could do them for liable. Oh, yeah, those are things that could be taken in 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 a everyday sense. And this, to me, is is nearly a similar situation to that. You know, you're you're saying something quite terrible about another player without doing enough research. And that's going to affect the player and in a very ugly way. So I, I really hope this never happens again, but it has happened a couple of times. And I think the, you know, what Sukova got was not really anything to stop people doing it in future. And it's just a very ugly situation that I really hope doesn't ever happen again. We're joined by Radek Wojtaszek. Well, thanks very much for taking a few minutes out of your morning to chat with us about Shamkir from your home in... Warsaw. Now I'm staying in Warsaw. I uh, was uh, born in a small city in Poland, Kwidzyn. Uh, then I moved for some years to Poznań, which I consider the, like the best city in uh, the world. But now I'm staying in Warsaw. Was this your first time playing in, in the Gashima Memorial? Okay, I played in 2014, which was the uh, first edition, but I only played there in B group. So this one was, uh, of course, uh, much more serious. And uh, I mean, for me, that was kind of special because I never uh, really played in such a strong uh, event. I mean, I've played in Vikanze, but the uh, difference is, for instance, that uh, in Vike you have some, uh, at least you will have one day where you will play uh, someone below 2700. And here you are playing uh, day after day against those extra super strong guys. So that was the main difference. Right now, remarkably, you were coming into this event actually as the number nine out of 10, which just goes to show how far uh, Timur Rajabov has fallen in recent years, because he was used to be right in the in even the top five. Yeah, actually, uh, he was, I think, 2799 or something yeah, like this. Right. And yeah. Exactly. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I think that he will... Well, okay, I mean, 2,800 might be not so easy for him to reach again. But. Could take a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still very much an underdog in this field, a very strong one with an average rating of 27.65. And, uh, well, you had a very respectable score in the middle of the pack, but the big story was that you played a, a huge role in the uh, penultimate round by taking down the leader, uh, Mamed Yarov. Tell us a little bit about that game. Yeah, actually... Um it was my last white game, so it was kind of last shot to have some, uh, well, to have some story in this event because before that, I didn't really uh, have any interesting uh, games. But the problem was that I was simply uh, stuck with ideas. I mean, I was solid with black, which was okay, but on the other hand, I didn't really get anything with white. That was a problem. And uh, against Chuck, I at least uh, knew that it will be an interesting game because, okay, I mean, he's such an aggressive player himself. So, okay, I didn't really expect the line he played. 
But actually, it was uh, the line which I prepared with my uh, friend uh, Grzegorz Jajewski in 2014. And uh, we've prepared all this uh, sharp stuff till Queen H4. But the problem was that I didn't really repeat this line. It was an especially beautiful game, I have to say. I mean, uh, kind of quite a romantic game. You just you just came out attacking in this game. and uh... Yeah, okay. I mean, it's much uh, easier to do this if you uh, know that this actually, uh, that it works. If you are playing it, but you have uh, no idea if it works or not, then okay, I agree that this is uh, then then exceptional. But uh, of course, uh, I felt excellent, right? Uh, because okay, I mean, playing such an aggressive uh, game against such an aggressive player, it was yeah, outstanding feeling, I have to say. Well, and you knew once you played Queen H4 and he thought for 53 minutes, you knew that you had him in the <laughs> opening. More or less. Can you describe that feeling a little bit? I mean, at first that was a problem because, I mean, Queen D7, I think he played uh, very fast. So I didn't really know uh, if I missed something or he didn't know something. But then I knew after Queen H4, I mean, when he started to ping, I knew that uh, Queen H4 he missed. Actually, it, it's quite strange because uh, Queen H4 was uh, played before. But on the other hand, okay, I knew that after Queen H4, I have a huge odds, no, because I'm attacking. And uh, I knew that it that it actually uh, works. I didn't, didn't really uh, know uh, details, but uh, okay, I had enough time to well to think about them. Yeah, Queen H4 was played by Lupudescu in 2013. Ah, 2013. Okay. And you mentioned your you had worked with your second on this line, and Mamedyarov, meanwhile, said that he felt that that this was uh, really kind of a blunder of preparation in that he tried to look at this line and had given his second an assignment to look at this line, but missed this move somehow. Yeah, okay, I mean, he's right. Is it something that's easy to overlook or is it something that you really should catch if you're gonna play this variation? No, I mean, if you are going for such an aggressive line and uh, if you are going for such a line against someone who is, let's say, known to work with uh, Vichy, then you should really be prepared for that. And uh, especially, that, uh, as you said, Queen H4 was uh, played before. I mean, th this uh, should really happen. Well, I'm really glad you brought up working with Vichy, because this was another question that I had. Obviously, it's been a while since Vichy's been in a in a high-profile match situation, although the candidates, I guess, was that long ago. There is this sort of well-known phenomenon of your work with a top player in a big event paying dividends to yourself later down the road. At least that that seems to be the case. But one thing I've always wondered is, how long is that the case for? I mean, how long does that intense training and opening preparation kind of rub off in your own play? Uh, it's not easy to answer because I think it will uh, differ very much. But I have to say, as long as you will not use uh, all ideas you prepared for the match. No, I, I have to say that, uh, of course, the main uh, goal uh, of the work is to help uh, Vichy, you know, I mean, to win a, a match or tournament or whatever. But uh, as you said, uh, there is always the side effect that I can also uh, learn and I can also uh, use ideas which we prepare or find. Well, what's it like working with Vichy? I mean, okay, the, there is no simple answer because, okay, uh, first of all, I uh, learn new ideas which are, let's say, ready, but also 
that I can uh, work with such an outstanding uh, player. I mean, also my skills are going higher. And what's it actually like working with Vichy then? Is it like, uh, I imagine it's a great experience. He's, he's met, you know, known to be a very nice guy. Yeah, um, actually, I have to say from uh, chess-wise, it's excellent because you can uh, learn from the best, but also he's such an uh, excellent person to speak with. Would you say he's like a, like a friend as well? I mean, uh, you have to support him emotionally during the matches or, or is it mainly at the chessboard? Not really like that. I mean, he understands things and you uh, don't have to really uh, help him in that. I We were uh, mostly for well there to prepare him uh, chess terms, I have to say. But I have to say after so many years, we have like special relations. I mean, I can I can uh, only say that he, let's say, attended to my wedding. It is something more than chess. I... You don't necessarily invite your boss to your wedding. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I've, I mean, I've done it and I'm really glad that he came. Great. That's great stuff. That is a very good uh, testament to your friendship. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, Lars, do, do you have any specific points about uh, Shamkir? Well, I wanted to ask Radek, really, uh, um, what do you think of uh, of Shaq's recent play? Because he, he has been, he has really put a lot of points on his rating. I don't know if you've ever worked with Shaq. I didn't really work with him, but uh, yeah, it's also a little bit, uh, well, I have to say that it's uh, a small surprise to me. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I always thought that he's very aggressive, he's very interesting to watch. But uh, I didn't really believe that such an aggressive player can uh, go so high. But uh, now he's more serious. Maybe he doesn't uh, make so many uh, silly mistakes as mm -hmm. before. Uh, I mean, if uh, he's at best, then, then he's extremely strong and uh, he can beat uh, everyone, simply everyone. Uh, Shaq is actually playing the same way he played for uh, years, no? He just scores more points. <laughs> why Why is he scoring more points, though, in your opinion, Radek? Why is he starting to win tournaments and and obviously play very, very strong chess? Is, is there a reason for this? or? Uh, I think he's more uh, uh, consistent now. More consistent, okay. He's uh, not making uh, those uh, silly mistakes he made before. Uh, at least that would be my guess, but I'm, I mean... You have to ask him. What's what's up next for you, Radek? Uh, next, I'm playing French League, so I hope I will not play Simon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. So, that was in uh, Simon's glory days. That was. That, that was that was that was when I could play chess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Now I'm playing French League. Uh, then probably I will play Hante Mansinsk uh, World Teams, and then I will play Dortmund in July. So, okay, my, I'm actually having quite a, a busy schedule, which I'm, well, happy, happy, of course, to have. All right, great. A lot of tournaments to look forward to from you. Good. Well, good luck as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Radek. Cheers. Thank you very much. Well, that about does it for this episode. We've got a couple of interesting segments uh, coming up, including uh, my chat with Huyi Fan from uh, at the end of the Baden-Baden tournament. We talked about her unusual protest in Gibraltar. 
and uh, got her side of the story. And we'll also make a return to blindfold chess with a conversation that I had in Berlin at the Bundesliga with Mark Lang. Those are both coming up in future shows. So I look forward to bringing those to you guys. Brilliant. What's going on in the next week with you? A lot of things. I'm off to Vienna tomorrow for some stuff. That's my favorite oh, city. What are you doing in Vienna? Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite cities. Now, I've got a meeting and I, I will uh, update you as soon as I can, but it's potentially very, very exciting. So Still in stealth mode? Still very much on stealth mode. Very, very much. What are you up to? I just got back from... Barcelona. I was over there for 24 hours. Um, oh yeah, filming internet company i i chess. Oh yeah, you've been doing some of that. Okay. Doing some of that, yeah. So what are you filming? Are you filming a, a series or what? Yeah, I'm filming a series for them. It's going to be the Ginger GM method. Aha. they're they're big on methods. They like the method. They like they like their methods, but I have to say their marketing is just out of this world. You know, they they're basically they can sell snow to Eskimos. <laughs> Skype is so cruel, you know. Skype says, Macaulay has ejected Wojtaszek.